Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Well, welcome to Rejoice Pompano and Happy October. We are finally in our Florida fall, although the weather hasn't changed much at all, has it? I'm glad that everybody was able to make it here. I'm sorry that we had to miss September, but it was a good call to cancel it when um, the hurricane ended up making its way. And I hope everybody was safe. We tried to get in touch with everyone that we could from the Keys to those on the west coast of Florida that we knew were in areas where there was um, devastation and Fortunately, out of thousands of people on our mailing list, we've really made contact, and actually in Texas also, um, after Hurricane Harvey, we've had contact with less than five people that have had real devastating effects from the storms and the damage, and um, they've been able to get assistance, and so anyhow, for the numbers, God really spared the Rejoice family. It really does look like that. So we're glad that you are all here and hopefully weathered the storms okay. Well, I'm not Charlene, as you can tell. I'm Lori, and she's on her way. She was literally getting ready for Bible study tonight, and a main line fell behind her house, and they had to call the fire department to come disconnect it, and she lost her electricity, so she had to make quick provisions to uh, get ready somewhere else. So anyhow, she'll be here in just a minute. Um, but we know that it's going to be a great night. I wanted to um, just remind everybody about the um, Charlene Cares devotionals. I hope you guys are all reading those daily. Daily. Yes. Okay. Or weekly. There is a weekly option. If daily is too much, there is a weekly option. But that is good food for the soul in those Charlene Cares devotionals. So some people go read them through the website and you can read a couple days at one time or some people read them in their email when they come in their inbox. So whatever way is best for you, sign up and really make sure you're reading those because they are definitely um, food. And we're going to talk tonight later on about hungering for God and how we can say that we're hungry. Like, you know, if you miss a meal, you get hungry. But when we're hungering for God, we go seek that out, right? If you're hungering and you are missing a meal, I wrote a devotional recently that's going to come out in a couple weeks, how my twins left for college and my daughter calls me and says, when I come home, can you make chicken and rice or can we have steak or can we have this? She's naming all of her home-cooked meals she's missing while she's up at college. And I was laughing how she's hungry and she is making a way to get fed because she is hungry like a college student. And we're hungry and we don't go to the source we go to other people and complain, and they don't have the food that we need. Like, we're all great in here. I love you guys, and you guys love each other, but Joe doesn't have the answer, right? God has the answer. Charlene doesn't have the answer. God has the answer. So when we're hungry, we have to go to him, not to the other things that can become a distraction. That makes sense? Yes. All right. So hopefully nobody's hungry. <laughs> 
hungry. If you're physically hungry, we're going to take care of you tonight. And if you're spiritually hungry, we're going to take care of you tonight. And hopefully you'll get them both straight. Well, we're going to stand and we're going to sing Glorious Day and we are going to worship while we wait for the rest that are coming in. We're excited you're here and we're looking forward to a good night. So will you stand as we sing? I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn Till I made I was breathing but not All my failures I tried to hide It was my time Till I
we are ready for adjustments and changes in our life? Yes, we are, because every day anything can happen. And I was so excited. I won't tell you the details, but I will tell you I don't have any electricity at home, and they're not going to have them on tonight. So everybody sit down, and I'm going to open like I pretend like I just started. Um, but anyway, we got me here and uh, ready. Uh, you never know when electricity is going to go off. I'm going to somehow have a, a new strategy for surprises. But we're glad to have everybody here. We're glad to have everybody on YouTube. And we're glad to have everybody around the world that is going to be hearing and seeing this in the future. And we just are praying that you are going to listen to us tonight and get so convicted that you are going to want to pray and fight for your marriage, that it is going to be on fire and you are going to be totally committed to believing that with God, nothing, nothing, nothing is too hard. And that is what we're excited about. So anyhow, we are, we are just reeling and coming back many people from Hurricane Irma. And uh, we are just praying for people that are still in having problems with Hurricane Irma. Um, my main line went down, and it's just because we had a little puff of wind today, and uh, it knocked it down. But I just got Comcast leaving my house for three days, that's been there three days, trying to get Comcast up. So this is part of just life. But you know what? I don't think about me at all, because I think of the islands and of Jamaica and San Juan and all of them. And we cannot complain because we have been spared. I think of the Keys, where they got so terrible destruction. So we need to pray for Mexico. We need to pray for the fires that have been going on in California. And then we need to mention we need to pray for Las Vegas. And there has been a horrible, horrible tragedy in Las Vegas. And it, the news is not even full of all what has happened because it is so soon since it's happened. But I want you to become a prayer warrior. When you come to Rejoice Marriage Ministries, you are going to learn that the key to marriage restoration is praying. It's believing in the Word of God. It's believing that God is in control of everything. He is believing that Jesus, his son, paid that price on the cross to shed his blood for all sinners, including all husbands, all wives, all children, everyone. He created all beings. And we want you to know that the Holy Spirit is living within us, that when you ask Jesus Christ, you believe in his power, you believe he is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, then, and you ask him to come into your life and to change you, mold you, make you to be the man and woman of God that they, God wants us to be, then you are going on a journey. But right now, we're on a spiritual journey because first, regardless where you are with your marriage, we need to grow in the Lord. And that is what we all need to do. But with marriage problems, 
We want to grow in the Lord and learn how to be the best mother and father, the best husband and wife. And we need to grow and say, Lord, let us proclaim marriage restoration wherever we are to whoever we meet, that God loves them and God has an answer. Jesus is the answer. And that we need to pursue that. And uh, we can have wind blow us, try to blow us away, but Jesus always brings us back and always is there in every storm. Remember the storm when Jesus was out in the ocean, in, in the sea, actually. And he was asleep. And the disciples were running the boat. And the big gales of the winds came. And the disciples said, we're going to die. And they woke up Jesus, and he says, oh, ye of little faith. And he spoke to the winds, and they stopped. So remember that. You may be in winds of trials or tribulations, but God is in control. And you just need to keep praying and speaking and then stop. And we're going to talk about it tonight. Listen. Listen to the Lord speak to you instructions, directions, encouragement, and he will direct your steps. You know, it was so funny today is the Lord told me to do things in advance today that I had not normally done. And I, I just, God will speak to you in every circumstance. He's right there with you. Psalm 37 says, do not fret of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 3. And do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. What are the desires of your heart? For your husband or wife to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and commit their heart and life to the Lord, but then to come home. And it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. There is a promise. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. And then verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret, which means do not worry when men succeed in their own ways. Do not worry what your spouse is doing. Do not worry when men or wives or the lawyers or whomever look like they're winning. You've got God on your side. We are victorious. Remember that. Jesus defeated Satan at the cross. And it says, um, be still before the Lord, wait patiently, do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath, do not fret, it only leads to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And I always like to say, inherit a restored marriage. So that is my word for the day, and I just want to encourage you to do not be, do not worry, do not be anxious about anything, because the Lord is right there with you. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for today. We just thank you for all that you've done for each and every one of us. 
And yes, we are going to go through trials and tribulations, but you are going to be right with us, and you're holding our hand by your righteous right hand. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with each and every person that is coming uh, in the room or uh, going to YouTube, and we just pray that you would um, speak to them. Go up and down this road and speak and touch every one of these men and women or the ones that are listening and touch that wounded, broken heart. Some of these people say their heart is broken in a million pieces. Oh, Lord, we know that you can put them all back together again. And that is what we're believing. That's what we know. We know the word that says, by thy stripes we were healed in Isaiah 53, and we are asking you to heal the sick. We ask that you will stop and block and cancel all these separations and divorces in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would go up and up and down cities, states, and countries and touch the ones that are praying for marriage restoration, the ones that are hanging by a thread and they're uh, just saying they're thinking about leaving or talking or the enemy is speaking negativity about their marriage. We ask that you would touch these people that are still together to touch their hearts and change them and transform them. We ask that you would touch each of these men and women that are standing in the gap and their spouse is gone or they're even divorced as I was and may they just stand up and put on that armor of God and fight the fight like David uh, fought the giant. We are going to fight the giant of divorce and we're gonna say no more. We're gonna stand the gap and we are going to wait for our spouses to come to their senses and escape from the trap of the enemy and they will be transformed and they will come home victorious as prodigals do come home. Just as in Luke 15, we give you the praise, we give you the glory. We ask that you would anoint me tonight to speak the lesson. We ask that you would open our ears, our eyes, and soften our heart. And Lord, I pray as we sing and worship the next two songs and things we're going to be doing in between, I just pray, oh Lord, I just pray that you would touch each and every person's heart that's listening. And I pray that the ones that are here, that they will feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. They're going to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in their very own home or at their office. And we are just asking that you meet their most urgent need. And we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory and honor. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen.
to yearn for you. Like, think about what that's saying and what that prayer was. I don't want to yearn for my marriage to be restored. I mean, I want it, and it's a good thing to want that, but I'm not yearning that my marriage is restored. I'm not yearning that my child is healed. I'm not yearning that my prodigal child comes home. I'm yearning for Christ. That's it. If we're yearning for something else, we're misguided. We should yearn for Christ. That's it, right? That's what our hunger should be. Hunger, yearning, write those words in your Bible. I think it's a good thing. Let me read in Romans 6, verse 1. Starting in verse 1. Romans 6, starting in verse 1, if you want to turn there. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. I just heard somebody preach a sermon and they used this verse and he was saying in one of the other versions, it says, no way, no, by no means do we have to go on sinning. 
We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. A new life because of what he did for us. Verse 5, if we have been united with him like this in death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Anyone who has died has been freed from sin. And we have been freed from sin because of what Christ did for us on the cross. And because of that, we are no longer slaves to that. And so we don't have to yearn for things of the world, the sin, or the good things like having our marriage restored or our prodigal child come back. We can yearn for Christ. Good versus God is what I heard this preacher say. That's a good thing to have your marriage restored. But God is more important than that. And when we get our focus directly on him, then it's amazing how everything gets lined up this direction, right? When we're looking this way, it'll get lined up. So there's a good verse to focus and read this week, Romans 6. You can read that whole chapter. Well, I wanted to remind you guys about Right Now Media. For those of you that are new or haven't been here for a couple months, Right Now Media is a gift that we gave you um, a couple months ago, and it's an online Bible study tool. There's thousands of teachings on here from um, different teachers. You can see Mark Batterson, Tony Evans, um, Emerson Egrich. We did the Love and Respect series a few years ago. That's on here. There's things for your kids, but if you are looking for a Bible study that you can do to just go deeper, this is available to you. So what it is, is for example, if you did the Love and Respect, it will be all of the sessions that are on that DVD series, and then you can get the workbook on there also and download it. So if you have been here the past few months, you received an invitation from us to participate in Right Now Media. If you weren't here or you didn't get it or went in your junk mail, on the yellow sheet that's in front of you, the prayer sheet, just write down on there that you would be interested in getting the Right Now Media, and I'll send you an email tomorrow, and we'll get you signed up for that. But it's free to you guys, and it's invaluable resource that you can use. Um, so check out Right Now Media. Now, it's October, so we've got a new um, month of birthdays and anniversaries. So if you have a birthday in the month of October, will you stand? October birthdays? A couple. Oh, thank you. Okay, October birthdays. Happy birthday. And if you have an anniversary in October, will you stand? You did it all in October, didn't you? <laughs> and October 1st was my parents' original wedding anniversary. So happy anniversary to all of you, October anniversary. So our gift to you is a free book or CD in the back. So um, happy birthday and happy anniversary to those of you. I mentioned the yellow prayer sheet that's in front of you. If you have a prayer request that we can be praying for, you can um, fill that out and drop it on the table in the back. 
And if you want it to be confidential just between us, that's fine. But we like to put them on the prayer list that you got when you came in so that we can be praying for each other and we can um, join each other in carrying those burdens. So if it is confidential, you can um, mark it on there. Um, also, there's a donation envelope. And if you'd like to um, help us with the work that we're doing, you can make a donation. And there's a basket in the back also for that. Um, let me share one other quote for you guys. Yesterday, my pastor said this, and it was so great that I, he said, if you're writing a sermon, here's, I'm going to give you an outline, really easy. We do what we do because heaven is real and hell is hot. Because he said that we forget that heaven and hell are real places. They are real places, and that's why we do what we do. That's why we're ministering to people. That's why we are praying for our spouses that don't know the Lord. That's why we're praying for prodigal children that don't know the Lord. And don't forget where your focus is. We do what we do because heaven is real and hell is hot. That's good stuff. Well, I hope you guys had a good month without us, even though you didn't see us. And I'm sure there might be a couple people that have a testimony that they wanted to share so if you want to come up here, we have time for a few testimonies. If anyone wanted to come up and share for a couple minutes, um, my mom was mentioning the YouTube family, and let me just um, say hello to them. But also, all of our Bible studies are broadcast on Facebook and on YouTube. So they get to join us live. So hello to our international family that's looking at us and watching us. And if you ever miss a Bible study, you can go on and watch it on Facebook or you can watch it on our YouTube channel. Um, but if anybody, is there anybody that had a testimony that wanted to come up and share what God's been doing in the past? Um, we haven't seen each other for eight weeks now. And those of you that are getting prodded right now should stand up because I see one that <laughs> should come up. Any testimonies? Yeah, you want to come up, Jeff? Okay. Any others? Come on up and we'll just line up right here. And that microphone's in. The microphone is. That's a, it's a real honor to be here. Can you guys hear me? Okay, good. Yeah, there we go. Um, my wife and I have been separated. Let me introduce you. This is Jeff, and we had dinner last night together because he came from California, and Beverly and I were blessed to meet him and find out about him and his marriage restoration. But he gets the award for driving the fur, or flying the farthest. Uh, and so, Lester, somebody further than that tonight. But we had a blessed time, and we've talked before. He has been with our ministry about a month, and uh, he has grown spiritually in one month oh dear standards he is going to have the a plus on his report card so far now i mean we can because he has done everything he's supposed to do on the website so and he loves the podcast and he listens to them now i'm working uh, a mom that is a spiritual mom and saying everybody do this and he does it you know so I just have to brag on you as I did last night. And now you can fill in and tell about your family. I'm so perfect. That's why my spouse loves me. Okay. My people, uh, when the Lord says my people destroy themselves from lack of knowledge, 
That's totally me. Um, the Lord has put me through a huge refining process over the past four or five months that my wife and I have been separated, and I always have to learn the hard way. Um, and as the Lord puts me through this refining process, I just constantly say to myself, what an idiot I am. What an idiot and what a fool I am. And um, my wife divorced me on April, um, late April, um, and I actually divorced my wife earlier this year uh, in early February. And what happened was is we got in an argument about our bios on a website. Uh, my wife and I had a ministry model. It was called Living Water Vacations, and we would put together an event once a year. We had Jeremy Camp performing, Kirk Cameron, Danny Goki, um, several other pastors for a six-night getaway in Hawaii. And um, we uh, started to argue over whose bio was longer. And anyways, so I left my wife uh, and divorced her under the assumption of emotional abuse and horrible. And when I look back at what an idiot I was, it, it's just uh, horrible. But anyway, Satan got into my house. I fell asleep at the spiritual steering wheel and Satan got in and absolutely annihilated my family. I've been a Christian for 18 years, involved in ministry, always served the Lord with all my heart and um, I fell asleep at the wheel and Satan destroyed me and that's why it's so important to wear the full uh, body armor of God and I have to say that if every day Ephesians and 6 I wear the full body armor uh, every single day so uh, I am feeling the consequences of the enemy getting into my house because I wasn't the spiritual leader but anyways uh, I just want to come out and encourage everyone uh, this ministry is the most anointed ministry I've ever seen in my life. And that is why I flew out here. I've listened to every MP3 on the website two or three times. Um, we need to rejuvenate our minds daily. Obviously, that's in the scriptures, but also we need encouragement when you stand for your marriage. Because again, what uh, God is doing, Satan will try to take away. Um, and uh, so I just wanted to encourage everyone here how blessed you are to have this teaching right in your backyard. Um, I live in Southern California, Orange County. We've got great churches like Saddleback, Greg Laurie's Church Harvest. I mean, you name it, we have it. And there is nothing that compares to this when it comes to marriage. And Charlene just relies so much on the Holy Spirit and uh, always asks for his anointing and, Lord, you know, uh, only let come out of my mouth what you want uh, people to hear. And that is so humble and it's consistent. And the Lord anoints her teaching and all the glory goes to Jesus Christ, Amen. of course. Amen. But praise the Lord, her and Bob have been so faithful for decades of serving us, serving uh, the entire world with their uh, anointed teaching. So I've never, I've never been so blessed in my life, and that's the only reason why I wanted to come out here is just to encourage the ministry and encourage all of you how blessed we all are um, in the body of Christ and walking through these challenging times of standing. So I went over a few minutes, but uh, I had to, again, 
praise the Lord and praise everyone in here. Thank you. And the Lord has been telling him many things to do, and he's being obedient in doing them. And so that's a challenge that I must say to you is that be sure that when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you and you ask, what should I do? How should I change? You know, be sure that if God doesn't tell you to do something crazy, you know, to repent to somebody else for something you've said or done. Even years ago, my husband um, had taken money out of an offering at a church when he was a child. And I mean a child. And he, God brought it to his memory when he came home. And he said, I don't know how much I took out, but God told me I need to give them $100. And I said, well, that's awesome, he told you. I mean, he is going deep into the past that you need to repent of things that, that, you, that are blocking us to have a total, rest, you having a total restoration for our marriage. And uh, he then said, well, I'm not going to use our money. This is my sin that was at my time, and I'm going to, and I can't remember. He had something that was like, um, I don't know what, of a silver dollar or something that he had had and saved. And he took whatever he had, and he had saved it, and took it and, and cashed it in. And then he went and wrote a letter to the pastor and mailed it and, um, and wrote anonymous. He said, I'm not strong enough yet to write my name on it. And he goes, but he says, I'm being obedient, giving it back and the amount God has requested. And uh, so there are many scriptures in the Bible. If you start reading in the Gospels, you'll start to find that the Lord wants us to be obedient and to do things and not to do things. And even if we, you know, if we even have a fight with our spouse, you know, we need to go back and whoever started it or just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't zip my lips and I you know, debated or discussed it and it just went room, which it is. Fights are over the craziest things but we can end up having a separation and end up getting divorced over a stupid thing that started because the enemy was pushing buttons. And that is where we have to learn how to zip our lips and to not react to the phone call that you've been praying to hear and then it was about a bill or something that you need to pay and just pray, pray, and then let God do the rest. And uh, so we have to learn, we have to change. And, uh, and I know that is what all of us have to do. And we have to say, am I stuck in first gear? Am I stuck that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I not growing? And I've said it before, what grade are you in? Are you learning the availability that we have given you to grow in the Lord? You must. You need to make time and, you know, turn off the Facebook, no more Facebook, or turn off the media and give whatever you give to the media, give to the God to read and study the Word of God. That's where I think you need to be. 
and it applies to all of us. It is to anybody. The media can get to be too much in any way. I'm going to also open this up today as we do as I think there's a lot of people that need a lot of prayers, but also we need to pray for ourselves. And we get together and we've got just a few minutes and I'm going to start teaching right away because I've got a lot to teach. But I want to do the prayer circles and uh, we just stand up and just right close to you, as Lori says, women, just take two of you and just pray. And it's going to be real quick. We're going to just do it for a few minutes. And men, would you go in the back and just do a few of you guys at a time or however you want to do it? You always do it and, and just go to that big space there. And, uh, and we'll uh, then sing our song, next song, and we'll go straight in there. But you don't need to introduce yourself. You don't need to say your name. You, all you have to do is pray for yourself and pray for your most urgent need that you have, and then the other one is going to agree with you, and then the other one will pray. And then we can get back and get started and, uh, and be fed, filled up with the Word of God tonight. It's all right? So let's stand up and um, pray in wherever you can find uh, women, 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 men, men, okay? Say a prayer. 
Lord, as we come to you tonight, we thank you for the choir of prayers that are going up in this room. God, we thank you that we have direct access to you and that we can pray directly to you and you hear our prayers. Lord, we pray for each and every family that's represented in this room. We pray for the prodigals that are being prayed for right now, God, and we pray that um, tonight they would even feel the Holy Spirit conviction on their life, and they would understand that they've not gone too far and they've not done too much that you can't redeem. God, we thank you for what you did on the cross where you redeemed our sins. Future, past, present, Lord, it's not too bad for you, and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would be with each and every man and woman in this room, and I pray that you would give them strength that comes only from you. I pray that they would yearn after you and that they would desire and hunger for you and more of you in their life. And as a result of that, Lord, I pray that they would start to see answers to prayers. Lord, help us to have vision where we see no vision. I pray that you would give us hope where we see no hope. I pray that you would just give us the strength that we need to face each new day and to do it with joy because we know that regardless of what's happening and regardless of what the enemy is tormenting us with today, that you have won the battle, Lord, and we don't have to fight as people that have no hope. We know that this earth is not our home and that we have a heavenly hope, and that, I pray, is what you would help us to focus on. Father, we pray for those around the country that are facing trials right now, especially those in Las Vegas. We pray for the families that have been impacted, for the families that are still trying to figure out if their loved one is dead or injured. God, we pray that you would just wrap your loving arms around them. Give them mercy, Lord, as they walk through this. And I pray for the churches in that area and for the men of God in that area that they would come alongside these people. And Lord, we pray that many would come to know you as a result of this tragedy. And we pray that you would be near to those who are brokenhearted right now, God, and that you would be near to those who are injured and seeing hopelessness ahead of them for their um, injuries, God. We pray that they would just see hope because of the ministering of you, Lord. God, I pray that you would just um, settle our minds tonight as we open the word to hear from you. I pray that you would just take away the distractions of the day and the distractions of the weekend, and I pray that you would help us to be focused solely on you, God. Speak to each and every person in this room, and I just ask that you would help us to be receptive and that we would hunger and thirst for more of you. In your name, Amen. All right, let's worship. There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation. Jesus.
to share so Judy's gonna come up and share before my mom starts teaching All right. thank you Lori uh, just real quick um, last night and this morning um, I was uh, spending time in devotionals and um, and the Lord really encouraged me and I and I wanted to go ahead and just read to you what he gave me because I know it's going to encourage you guys as well and um, the Lord reminded me of the prodigal son. Um, and this is pretty much my notes. I'm just kind of reading what I wrote, uh, what I have. Um, As I wait for my husband's return, the Lord revealed a different, a different perspective of my situation. It is no longer I, the victim of abandonment, but a watchman over my family and marriage, a stander, a warrior of faith, prayer, and intercessor. I pray for my husband with greater intentionality and believing in restoration of his soul first and my um, prepared or getting myself ready to receive him as the father received the prodigal son with love, forgiveness, and acceptance. 
I need to be ready that at the first glance of my husband's return from afar, that I would be ready to run to him with open arms of compassion. The Lord reminded me of the robe the father put on his son. When he reached him at the path, God revealed to me a garment of many titles, one being headship of marriage and family, the other the priest of the home. I am to put this on my husband when he comes. Um, also, I am to be prepared to give him respect, submission, love, forgiveness, mercy, grace, acceptance, patience. In addition, giving him time to heal, allowing God to work out the flaws and the many bad habits and mindsets that he has picked up while living a worldly lifestyle. When he gave me this, I was really encouraged because there were times, you know, I have like these self little self-pity sessions <laughs> from time to time. But then, you know, God said, no, no more. You got to look at it at a totally different angle now. You know, he's out there, he's doing his thing, he's in a relationship, whatever. But God is able. And, um, and I've had to really look at it in this perspective. So I just wanted to go ahead and share that and encourage everyone that with God, all things are possible. Amen. And just like in the prodigal son, Judy didn't say that God gave her when he comes home clean, neat, tidy, saved, seeking forgiveness. Like it may not happen how you think it's going to happen. So if your spouse comes home a different way or says, like we have in the back, I need a place to live right now. I don't have anywhere to live. And you say, oh, that's not how I wanted it. I wanted you to say, let's get married. Or how it happened with my mom where my dad said, hey, let's go to the courthouse right now. And she was like, no, I have a wedding and a wedding dress. And I lost weight for this. Like, be willing to let God send your prodigal the way he wants your prodigal to come. And he'll worry about cleaning them up and doing all of that good stuff later. <laughs> wow, that was good. See, we get nudged by the Holy Spirit and say, I want you to share that. That's awesome, Judy. And oh, so true. So, so, so true. Well, get your Bibles out and get your pencil and paper and your notes, books, because if you don't have your Bible, you can always put it on Gateway Bible on your um, little phone and have it with you wherever you go. And then if you're stuck in a line somewhere, you can open up your phone and read the Bible. I mean, I love, I, I'm not into a, the book, into a lot of apps, but I am really love my Bible on my phone because I don't have to pull out this big Bible to make the impression that I'm reading the Bible in a doctor's office, but I've got it there, and I've got my calendar of my reading the Bible through a year, so I know what I'm, where I'm supposed to be, so I just go to my Bible. Now, there's a hint for you guys. Uh, but anyway, let us open up with prayer. Lord, we thank you for tonight so far, and we just give you the praise, the glory, and honor. And Lord, we're asking you to anoint me and touch me, and Lord, if you don't want any of these notes, 
that are printed out, used, then that's okay, and you can just speak through me, and we'll just take you to be the teacher and the greatest counselor of all. And we just ask that you would just anoint our time together as we are burdened about husbands and wives around the world that are in ungodly relationships. We ask that you would sever, cut, and destroy all ungodly relationships, break and, and destroy all the soul ties that are involved with them or any of the soul ties that they have had from when they were a teenager to the present. Sever, cut, and destroy them and throw them out to the deepest oceans. Lord, we're asking you to break the strongholds that they have opened their lives to, and we ask for deliverance. We ask them that they would be touched and cleansed and, and just transformed by an encounter through our Lord Jesus Christ as Saul, as I talked tonight about, is that he was ready to destroy and kill more Christians. And, but God, but God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus just confronted him and stopped him in his tracks. And Lord, I pray that you tonight will go to thousands, thousands of prodigals and stop them in their tracks of what they're doing and that you put rocks and stones in their bed that they do not sleep and that they only can hear your voice speaking to them in the name of Jesus. And we are asking that every demon from hell that is, they've opened the door up to, that you would close those doors and cast out those demons. And we would just say, be gone in the name of Jesus, that, that they will cry out, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me get away from all of this that I've opened up and, and done. And Lord, we're praying these prodigals will repent, confess their sins, turn from their wicked ways, and we remember that if we confess our sins, we, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins in 1 John 1, 9. And Lord, we're asking for the hearts and lives to be transformed. Take that heart of stone, take that heart of anger and bitterness and jealousy, and take that heart of unforgiveness of so many men and women that are not forgiven for what they have done in the past and it's covered by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are asking you to speak to every one of those that have, are still um, re resentful and anger and bitter and gone on and will not forgive. And we say, Lord, we ask that you would touch them and give them that heart, soft heart and that you will raise them up and speak to them about uh, unforgiveness and the consequences. And uh, Lord, we know there's big consequences. And Lord, we ask that you would just move around the world. And while we're working here and praying and studying the word of God, that tonight and all the nights coming forth, that you will deal with every prodigal morning, noon, and night or the ones who are being disobedient and not opening the door to their spouses or restoring and working on good communication and, and having rebuilding their marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We're praying for God to have a revival of marriage restoration in all churches, in all countries, and we will just give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
All right. We have to pray for our dear prodigals because they're blinded, they're deceived, and they do not know where they're at. But we do, as the Lord tells us. Where are you on your spiritual journey? Where are you? We started talking about this early tonight, and I want you to know that there is a lot. You know what we had Judy share right now is so appropriate because um, it really means that we have to not be so self-righteous that we're doing what we're doing. Take off the self-righteousness. I'm standing for you because you have done this, you know. Uh, we have our own part. God gave me the mirror, and he showed me that when I was so self-righteous and I thought Bob was the bad guy, he showed me where I failed in the marriage. And we all have to be humble and have a contrite spirit and get rid of any pride that we might have. Now, they may be walking in pride right now because they're in another relationship and they're successful and, wow, we're just doing good. But they also have the Holy Spirit speaking to them, especially if they're a believer. God says he will leave the 99, will he not, and go after the lost loved one. So if your spouse has ever, and I know some of you have told me that they were in ministry, that they were Bible teachers, they were deacons, they're um, all of these things at, at church, we must understand that God is not saying, forget him or forget her. He is saying, I'm working on that. You gotta, you, but I need you to participate with me. You know, I'm not just going to do it. I want you to be burdened, have a burden, have a passion. And as she just said so beautifully, are you ready to be what you need to be for when they do come home? And that is so important. We're going to talk about tonight is do you believe Jesus' truth? Do you believe Jesus' truth in the word? Or do you believe Satan's lies. Do you believe Satan's lies? Where are you now with the Lord? Are you going strong and you're really just in the car with the Lord and he's driving and you're, you're, you're doing all right and he, you're going to follow him in his way and you picked up the cross and you said, I will follow you. And you've surrendered your will and your way to the Lord. Is that where you are? Or are you weary? Are you tired? Are you just, you've had it. You know, you, you can't. Every day you're hanging on like barely making it. The Lord doesn't want us to hang on and become weary or fret and worry. You know, Isaiah 61, let me go there first. Because I want you to ask the Lord tonight in a prayer, now when you are closing, or when you're sitting here right now, we're asking the Holy Spirit to go up and down the rows and to start healing your wounded heart, your body that may be sick, or broken, or something's wrong that is with it, we're asking him to be the healer 
and, and to be the counselor in the Holy Spirit in this room all the time that we have this meeting. We have a prayer meeting before last week all about you and pray for everybody. Um, but the, on Isaiah 61, it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So if you're brokenhearted, the Lord wants to have you healed. And he said to proclaim freedom for the captives. So there is freedom in Jesus Christ. And you've got to understand there is freedom for your husband, for you, for your wife, for your children. We have rebellious children that are starting at a young age. They are even saying they don't even want mom or dad to come home. I know that happened at my house. You know, the peace, the fighting stopped. And the kids said, wow, this is all right. It took, as Lori has written in her devotionals, she is then says, but, but, but I then realized this is not normal because everybody else does not, has a father or mother and I only have one here. And Bob moved away a couple, three hours away. So he couldn't come down every t uh, night or go to the activities all the time. And it says to release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and I'm just going to read this and keep on going, and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Many of you are grieving. Many of you are going through a loss of a, of, of a marriage, and the, it's like a death of a marriage. It's like a death of a spouse. And it's, but, but the good news is, I have a husband that died. He will not walk in these doors. But you have a husband or wife that is dead in sin, a slave to sin, but they are can come back alive and be made new in Jesus Christ, be restored, resurrected, take that heart of stone, turn it to a heart of flesh, and they can be, be restored, that your marriage is gloriously saved, and you will be serving the Lord together in your church or wherever. And that is what you have to realize, that they may act like they're, you know, that the marriage is dead. But what does the Lord say? And when the Lord gives you promises of God, you has been, God has spoken to you. It is written up. It's like, it's not in, it's up there in the heavenlies where, okay, I've given her this scripture. I've given her him that scripture. I've given him this. And, and God is speaking to you. You know, you may get a covenant transport truck. You may not ever get a covenant transport truck. You might get a sprint. I, you know, I don't know how God's going to speak to you, but God does speak to you. He speaks to you most of the time through the word. Okay? He's going to speak to you through the word. The scriptures are going to seem to leap off the page when you're reading it. So we need to say, and we need to know, are you believing the lies with the battle for the mind? And are you being depressed, oppressed, discouraged by the enemy speaking, she's never coming home? What part don't you get? How long has it been? And all of the lies from the enemy, when the Lord is saying, listen to what I gave you. Remember, pull out your journals, write, pull out, open up the computer and write down where you went and had all these different promises given to you and stand on the promises of the word of God because there's nothing more powerful in the world.
And we need to understand that if your husband or child or yourself was in that Las Vegas situation, and it doesn't have to be Las Vegas, it doesn't have to be a singing group, it can be here, it can be anywhere, wherever, because there is uh, a lot of anger, bitterness, and hatred, and a lot of, of, uh, of uh, crime going on right now. And we need to pray against it. Standards, if you don't know, we're coming toward the end times. We in the church and we in this ministry believe we know who, who we are in Christ. We need to know we are going to heaven and we need to pray that our children and our grandchildren and your husbands or wives are going to be ready to meet the Lord because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And where are they going to be found? And we've got to get seriously and burden about your mom, your dad, your aunts, your cousins, and uncles that don't know. You've got to be burdened about the ones that are sitting right next to you that you worked for next to for maybe five, ten years. Do they know the Lord? Do you even mention the Lord at, the, at work? So I'm saying, let's wake up. Let's wake up because if somebody had been shot or killed, and you didn't even know where they are spiritually and never shared the gospel, well, would you, would you not feel guilty? So that's free. Because we want all these men and women that wherever they are, wherever your husband is or wife is, to speak the truth to them to go home. That's what we need to pray for. Lord, send as many people that you know that will work with them or wherever, you work out the details and tell them to go home. And that is what we're praying for, is that we must know the truth and we must pray that other people will share the truth and when they hear there's a separation or a divorce, they can share their testimony. God will bless you, and if we can share our testimony to others, we need to do it. Because you may be saving a marriage. You may be being used by the Lord, and then the Lord will bless you abundantly for it also in his perfect timing. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the enemy is the Father, Satan is the father of all lies. Let's go to 2 Peter 3, 9 to begin with. And this is, I just want to under, have you understand, it says 2 Peter 3, 9. You don't have to go there, but I'll read it to you. I'll go back in verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Amen. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That is a powerful, powerful scripture. That he wants everyone, circle the everyone, to come to repentance. Now let us pray the scripture with your spouse's name in it. And let's make it a special scripture 
that we can add to your list of scriptures to pray with their names in it. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. But he is also the, we're to pick up the cross and follow him. We're not to be sidetracked by the mental torment that the devil likes to put on our minds. And if you are having that, you need to go to Philippians 4 and read that chapter every day. And then there's scriptures, Philippians 4, and it starts from 8 and 9, and I believe that's the right ones. But it says, keep your thoughts attentive. Think about only the good. I'm not going to read it tonight. I'm going to get sidetracked. But read it and understand that God can take captive in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. It says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. So we need to do this. We, the devil wants us to think all the negative and all the, the, all the th bad. We're not supposed to do that. He says, Jesus said, Thomas said to the Lord in um, John 14, he, Thomas said to the Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And if you really knew me, Thomas, you would know my Father as well. From, on, from now on, you do know him, and you've seen him. Because I am I'm the Father. I'm, I'm the, the Trinity, the three in one. And he was upset with Thomas that he did not realize. Do you know how many times the disciples questioned Jesus and doubted Jesus? Do you remember when he went to go to the garden and he was new and he told them at the Last Supper what was going to happen? But what happened? He picked three men to go and pray with him before he was going to die and be crucified. And do you know what happened? He ended up having going and praying. It's like me inviting my prayer partners to come to my house and pray, and they fall asleep while I'm praying. Now, what would you, I mean, that's really bad. And that's what the disciples did. Are we asleep? Are we asleep? on our guard, on, our night, on the night watch? Are we asleep? Are we asleep to not realizing what we're supposed to do every day? And I'm asking you to wake up. Turn to Proverbs 4, please. I want you to understand. The Lord wants us to understand. He is telling us. He's been telling us in this Bible all the instructions, it's about whether we read it. We don't read it, we're not going to learn it. And I'm telling you, you're not going to learn it the first time. And uh, Jeff was right. He listens to CDs two or three times. I read the Bible. I, I, I have the Bible where that I'm in the kitchen. I put the Bible on, and I have it read to me. I love it. And, you know, I cannot get it enough. I love doing it that way. All right, Proverbs 4. Go down to verse 11. I guide you in the way of wisdom. 
Now, Jesus is the way, and I'm just going to emphasize the way, all right? I want, I will guide you in the way of wisdom. So one thing we need, a truth that we need, is we need to have wisdom and knowledge. We need discernment. We need insight. That is what God has told us. It's a truth in the Bible. And I want you to understand, if you don't have wisdom and knowledge and insight and discernment, ask the Lord to give it to you. And it, it, in Proverbs, it talks about it a lot. And so you can read it. But I want to, um, it says, I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. That is key. Because this is key for you to put your husband or wife's name in it or your children. Because you, they're not going astray. They're not going on a crooked path. They're not going on a detour road. They are going along on a straight path. We're picking up the cross, and we're following Jesus on the right road to the, God's plan, his purpose for your life, for your marriage, and for your family and generations to come. But if you don't pick up the cross and follow him, you're going to go on a detour road that's going to take you the long way around. You're going to go around the mountain one or two more times, and then you get to start all over again and say, are you going to follow me? Are you on following my way, or are you going to go it your way? So are you on a detour road tonight? And if you are, tonight is the night to get off of it. Tonight is to get off on that, just go over and get in that far right lane and get off of the wrong road. And say, Lord, help me get on the right road following you. Where are you? Help me right now. And you know what? He will answer you and help you immediately. He will not say, beg. He will not. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. Listen to the promises the Lord is giving you. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instructions. That means when the Lord tells you to do something, write it down and remember to go do it. And I know every one of us are guilty that we have not done that. Is that right? All right, I'm the one only raising my hand. There were two, there were two others, there were two or three others, but the rest of you all have are perfect. So I'm, I'm so glad I'm teaching to a class of perfection. Come up here and teach. But... But, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you. Are you, are you. are you immediately doing everything God's telling you to do? Okay, no, we haven't. But hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well. Learn, look at the words that he used, that God used. Guard it. You know what? Put the armor of God on, the, all the different pieces. And now he's telling us to guard it. We're in a war. We're in a battle. The Lord is the commander-in-chief. We don't have to worry. Look and read the Old Testament, and when you do, the, there's going to be Gideon and many others that say, Father, why are you taking all these men away from me? I need, look who's I've got to fight is all these men to take back the territory as our, and we're going to go in to Canaan land. And you know what he said? I'm going to be with you. Don't, do not be afraid. I'm going to do something. And he would kill the enemies in many different ways, 
or he would give them instructions of which way to go and how to do it. And remember the Jericho wall? He gave Joshua, what did he give him? Instructions. And then he said, but what did he say? Zip your lips. <laughs> Be quiet. Do not, do not talk. Could we go around that Jericho wall six times and not, and not talk? I won't ask myself and I won't ask you, but I'm saying, I believe God is saying to us, zip your lips about what you tell everybody else. Zip your lips. Don't discredit your husband and, and children anymore and let's start praying for them. Let's start and fasting for them. We need to get serious of taking a few scriptures and putting their name in it every day. We need to fight the fight. Okay, it says, guard it well for your life. And remember, we're talking about, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. It says, so do not set foot. Let me go back. For, uh, guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked. So don't follow and do what, okay, my husband's done this. I'm going to do something worse, or I'm going to do, I'm going to get my boyfriend, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to go to a bar, or I'm going to do this. You know how many people I know that have gone and done that? He did that, I'm going to do this. But guess what? We're, we're sinning against God. You're not sinning against your husband or hurting them more. You're hurting God more. We're, we're hurting our reputation. Our integrity is going down the tubes. And you know who's telling you to do it? Who's the person? Satan. Satan. It's, do we believe Jesus? Do we follow Jesus? Do we pick up the cross? Or do we believe Satan's lie and go do what he says? That's the question I'm asking you. What are you doing? Who are you listening to? Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. So do not follow your husband or wife's footsteps. Do not argue. Do not fight uh, and, and turn from it and go on your own way. Go on your way. Pick up that cross and follow God the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not follow your spouse and tell them how bad they're doing in all of this, going back and forth, debating with them because God, the Holy Spirit can speak to them. You're not going to convince them. The Holy Spirit must convince them. Verse 16, for they cannot sleep till they do evil. They're robbed of slumber. There are consequences to sin. Do you know that? There are consequences. For they cannot sleep till they do evil. They are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall. And remember, if you go to 5, 6, and 7 in Proverbs, you will read about the adulterous woman that is seducing your husbands or wives at work or at church or at church. There are affairs at church. We need to pray they not be but we need to be aware that there is the enemy is always trying to come in and steal what God has made good. 
Verse 17, then they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous, this is you, is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of the day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. We know it's deep darkness. We know how they're living. Bob described it many times. They do not know what makes them stumble. They are blinded. They are deceived by the devil who is the father of all lies and, get, and, and is the deceiver and causes deception. So you must understand, it says this here, but it says it, I bet, 10 places in the Bible. They do not realize what they're doing. They're blinded. They do not see it because that is why Bob was so angry at me when he came to me that, Wednesday, that Tuesday and he said to me, stop praying for me. Please, let all our spouses say that to us because that's what we need to get to get a breakthrough. But they do not know what makes them stumble. My son, verse 20, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life. There's that word again. To those who find them. Are you alive? Are you excited when God speaks to you? Are you getting filled up and writing it down as, as even as Judy did to get so encouraged tonight? She blessed me tonight. And, and we can get something from the Lord and we find, and then it's, we get excited that I, I'm not going to be discouraged and defeated and, and doubt and have unbelief. I am going to say, Lord, speak to me and let me do what I'm supposed to do. So above all, it says that, that for those are life to those who find them and health. Now, there are a lot of people and it's medically founded, it's medically, um, it's in many articles that mentally and emotionally, when we go through a divorce or any different things, there's a many people that get very sick and, and many different illnesses because the devil is just trying to, to wipe us out. So it says, who find them and health to a man's whole body. So we can take that as, and get it. It says, do not let them out of your sight, but keep them, keep the words. Listen closely to my words in verse 20. And it says, and it's health to a man's whole body. God's word is health to a man's body. And above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. What are we speaking? Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths. Are you on a bumpy road or are you on a level road? For you, for your feet, and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Now that is a, a half a, a chapter of Proverbs 4. But wisdom is supreme. Wisdom and knowledge is so important, and we're going to get it by reading his word. When you read just that one area, 
And if you read it by understanding, we're picking up that cross. We're walking on the straight road. We're not going to go on the curved road or a detour. The Lord is going to increase your faith, your hope, and trust. You will not be defeated and have those darn uh, fiery darts at us. We've got to lift up that shield of faith that it extinguishes all the fiery darts of them. So we need to know who we are in Christ and, and go to that scripture again and put your spouse's name in it, that they would not go astray. They will not go on the wrong road and that they will avoid it. And you can put their name in it and pray in faith that they will avoid it. You have a, we have every day a choice. Every hour we have choices. And you have to decide if we're going to uh, do what the Lord wants us to do or if we're going to, um, to take a detour road. Are you on the right road? You have to remember that. Now, I mentioned doubt, unbelief, and um, tiredness, weariness. What are, what, just scream it out at me, but what other fiery darts are you having that is taking you on a detour road? Do you have any? None. We are all on the right road. You aren't having any fear come against you. You aren't having any hopelessness come against you. Okay. So I've, if you can just do it in unison, one word, I've, um, I'll give you one. I'll give you another one. Financial crisis. Oh, does anybody need more money? You know, do you need to pay money to pay your bills? Of course we do. And because what happened? You just lost half of your income with your spouse. And when the court comes, you may give half to them. So it depends of which way it's going. So all of those words that you screamed out so loud, <laughs> I, I definitely got to work on the audience, you know. Um, they are definite. Uh, my church, we get into it. So you guys got to get into it a little bit. But um, we need to understand that in Philippians 4, and we just talked about it, so I will turn to it. But Philippians 4, because there's so many people that could be listening that is just hearing us for the first time. But Philippians 4, it says, Rejoice always. And our name of Rejoice Marriage Ministries is because of this first verse, because uh, God gave it to me so many years ago. And he told me to notify my face my actions, my reactions to re, uh, a child of the King of Kings and to smile and to stop crying over it, that I was to rejoice because I had the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on my side. So rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, Philippians 4, 6 do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, that's praying specifically, with thanksgiving, that's thanking the Lord that God is already answering your prayers. You thank him in advance. 
It's like you're saying the blessing at dinner. Thank you, Lord, for we have food at this food. Thank you for the food you've given us tonight. Say the blessing with your children or by yourself and, and um, thank them for, for God's giving us the food that we have to eat. And then, so thank him in advance for what he is doing and present your request to God. And the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, may I go over to 419, and it says, and it says, um, oh, I got to find it here first, I'm sorry. Um, verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So if you have a financial crisis, dear stander, know and claim the scripture because this was one of the scriptures God gave me when I was tight and with my finances. And remember verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So we've, we've got to know the word and we've got to know that even Philippians 4, there's many, many scriptures um, that is um, affected. I went to the, um, the Bible gateway and I love Bible gateway, but I wanted to understand that about Jesus is the way, but he is also the truth. And he says, I tell you the truth. And he says that if you will just type in, I tell you the truth, look up and see how many scriptures come out of him telling us, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. That's a lot of scriptures. And I, I'm, I'm going to read them all to you. <laughs> now I got, your, I got your attention. I am so proud that you're listening because I want to make sure you're alive in the audience. And I got your attention. Okay. I'm going to only read 100. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to only read a, a few. I tell you the truth, anyone... Mark 10:15. I tell you the truth, anyone who does, doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Mark 11:23. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Say, divorce, separation, whatever it is, um, and say, be thrown into the sea and keep thanking the Lord that it is done. It is finished. And keep standing on this promise and keep saying it to him. And then you will know. And it says, um, Mark, um, let me see another one that's good. And this is another one. Mark 12, 43, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. So you may not think, you're not, you're not widowed, 
But you may think that your widows, your little standards might, might not be much because you are, are on a slight income. But you know what? One dollar is better than no dollars giving to the Lord Jesus. So do not give what, the, what little you have because the Lord will bless you for it. I tell you the truth. A says, as, as they were eating at the table, one of you eating with me will betray me. But you know what? They didn't hear that. They did not hear that. And my prayer tonight is that you will turn up your hearing and you will say, Lord, speak louder to me. I can't hear you. I've, I've, been, I've been doing this for a while and I feel like I'm deaf right now. And may you just say, I tell you the truth. Go and type it up and print it out and read all these pages of I tell you the truth. There are so many truths, so many promises, and this is just a few of just saying, I tell you the truth. But Jesus was speaking to his disciples and the groups that would come, and he would sit down, and you know what he did? He fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves. We got to remember what he can do. If he can do that for those people, think what he's going to do for you. He is no respecter of persons. And we have got to get off of this lack of faith and not believe the word of God. There is nothing greater I can give you. There's, that's why we, as our ministry, do daily devotionals. Because I believe I'm responsible to keep feeding you the scripture every day so you don't go down that wrong road and you don't go on a detour road. And we're wanting you to not go on a wrong road. How many times has your husband or wife um, had warning signs that said to tell them to stop? But how many times has God been speaking to us to stop doing other things? So we need to not... Don't condemn them, but we need to say, examine me. Bob was exposed to pornographic material at a very young age when he went behind the barn, and he was molested. Your families, and often your husbands and wives, or, and pray never that your children would ever have this happen to them. But we've got to understand their hearts need to be healed. And I had no idea. Bob didn't even remember it until after, after we got married. And then he remembered it after we got, we were going through the divorce that God gave him a dream and a vision of it happening again. We do not have any idea the pain and suffering that many of husbands and wives are going through because of wounding as a child. And we need to pray for whatever that wounding was as a child. Or, you know, there are so many that were, are, are in orphanages, never knew their father, never knew their mother. Their mother was an alcoholic. Their mother is a drug addict. Look at the statistics of the, of the drugs now in the United States of America that are dying suddenly, and what the police and everyone is doing to save and rescue them. That could be our teenage son. That could be our 
our teenagers, our young adults, or it could be a man 40, 50, or 60. I'm saying to you, we need to pray about it. We need to get a prayer list. We need to get a journal, and we need to write these things down. And when you're watching the news, if the Holy Spirit says you need to pray for them, write it down so you remember to pray for them for a week or whatever, how long God tells you to do it. Because a loving spouse, we need to stand in the gap. We need to know what we are going to do. I got a letter um, that this is an old one, but I found it today and I wanted to read it to you of a testimony. It says, my husband and I met and we both used marijuana. We now have five children and I knew I wanted a God-driven life, but my husband was so against anything to do with God, I prayed one night for God to change his heart. And soon after that, we began to, I began to use crack cocaine behind my husband's back. I thought I was in control and could handle it. I ended up using it for days without contacting my family. They were terrified and had no idea I was on drugs. After admitting I had a problem, we sought help, and my husband and I quit smoking marijuana. We, he decided we should attend church. God then worked swiftly in our lives, yet I still struggled with this addiction for two years. I used on and off. I would take off weeks at a time, never calling or leaving word with anyone to let them know if I was alive or dead. My family was ripped apart, and they prayed and prayed for the return of the mother they once knew that loved them and cared for them and asked that God would restore me to them. He did just that. I was living in a car, and a man came to me. I was living in a car. Unfortunately, I know standards that are living in cars. God loves you. Go home. The man came to me and said, God loves you. Go home. And those few words of that man that took the boldness to say that, I did. I went and I did. And I thank God every day for my family and my life. I am so grateful that God gave us this chance to live for him. My husband and I are now youth leaders at our church, and I never dreamed I would see so many miracles in my life. I thank God that we are so blessed, and I thank my family for never giving up on me and having faith. That's what this is all about. That is what this is all about. It's about believing that nothing, nothing is too hard. It's believing that even though Bob had a bad childhood and, had, um, and, and was molested and he didn't remember it and, and then it affected his life and, and his marriage uh, for 20 years and we didn't know what it was and we went to counselors and psychologists and spent a whole lot of money. But you know what? God revealed it to him at the right time. I believe that. Because look what Bob did afterwards. And uh, to God be the glory. So what we're saying to you is, are you willing to be used by God? Are you willing to be used by God? You're, right now, you are not a waste. Don't be um, a, a stick in the mud and don't go home and don't do anything. As Lori said, we have teachings that you can learn so much, and then, but you can also be a lighthouse at your church. You can be 
such an example with kids, to love kids at a, a nursery at, at church. There's so many things God wants you to do. Right now, our standards around the world, you could go and help maybe all of some of these areas that have been so devastated. If nothing else, we all need to be praying for all these people because God is, needs us to pray to get people to be ones to go and be the rescuers or the ones to rebuild the cities that are devastated. Do not just sit and don't think that we don't have to do anything. We need to get involved. But we, while we do, we have got to understand that the Lord is saying that, that he doesn't want us to live a life of sin. He doesn't want our, our spouses living uh, a life of sin. He wants to um, stop the sin. And Saul was very much a part of that. And Saul was killing the Christians. And he was, and this is my last illustration, is that in Acts 9, that Saul was breathing murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And as he entered and near Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground. Now this is the sinner, okay? And he said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says, who are you, Lord? And Saul asked, asked and Jesus says, I am whom you are, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. And Saul got up from the ground and he opened his eyes and he could see nothing. And then he was blinded by Jesus. So they led him into the hand and into Damascus. And for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. But there was a disciple and there was a man and woman like you that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And he spoke to Ananias. And the Lord called him in, a, in him a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord says, I want you to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he's praying in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his um, hands on him to restore his sight. And the Lord says, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name and the kings before the people of Israel. What are you doing? What is the Lord telling you to do? Ask him, do you, have me, do you want me to do something special? Throughout the Gospels, the Lord was telling people to go and do different things. And we need to understand that we can be used and used mightily. We need to understand that we need to persevere. I said it was the last thing, but I forgot. I have a closing scripture. But we need to persevere we need to get rooted and get our feet planted, and we need to stand firm with, rock, with a rock with our feet, and we need to know who we are in Christ and that we will not be, will not be defeated. We need to persevere. We need to keep saying, I will not be defeated. 
never, Jesus, God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And we need to remember that. We need to know that in Hebrews 13, 20, may the God of peace, who through the blood of eternal covenant, brought back from the dead Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. He is urging us to not be carried away by all kinds of teachings, by all kinds of temptations. What is the devil trying to have us um, fall into a trap? Um, there is a, there's so many people that talk about the truth, but um, C.H. Spurgeon is a man that died in the 1900s and, and he is well known by all denominations for his sayings and he's written so many books. And when I put in truth, I got a C.H. Spurgeon note and it says, Christ's people must have bold, unflinching, lion-like hearts. Lion, lion-like hearts. That means unflinching. And I just loved his word description. Loving Christ first and his truth next. And Christ and his truth beyond all the world. And he then goes on and says, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, our primary passion must be in making disciples. But we also be about the business of proclaiming biblical truth. And one of the key truths of the Bible is that the unborn and all of us are loved by the Almighty God. God loves your prodigal. He loves your children. He died on the cross for all of us. Lord, I just praise you and thank you tonight for the word. And there are many scriptures we did not do, like James, where it says, listen and then do it. And Lord, I pray that we will listen to you and put into application what you tell us to do day by day, hour by hour. Lord, I pray that you will help us have a new passion for being a watchman on a tower, praying for all the prodigals, not just mine, not just my children, not just the ones we know that do not love the Lord. But as I prayed for all these hurricanes coming, I thought of how many prodigals were around the world that did not know you, that could be killed by a freak uh, situation, even as Mexico or as Las Vegas. Lord, may we be burdened about the ones that do not know you. And may we be a lighthouse and, a, and to even somebody that's sitting in a car saying, God loves you, go home. May we be used by you every day and not our days be wasted, that we sit home and be defeated by the enemy speaking negativity to us. Lord, help us persevere 
and, and rise up and be used by our Lord Jesus Christ. And that while we're waiting for us, for us to grow spiritually and for our husband and wife to be obedient to the Lord's calling and wooing a million different ways, Lord, may we be willing to serve you and be a lighthouse and not waste any day, even at the grocery store line, to be an example and to be a lighthouse or be an encouragement to anybody that is there. Lord, we need to proclaim that Jesus is the answer and God loves you and go home. Go home. Go home to wherever you need to go home to. Lord, we pray for our husbands and wives. We pray for them to have the Holy Spirit conviction upon them tonight. And we ask for all the cities and the nations and the states that have um, a, a disaster, a tragedy. We ask that you would send all the people there that they need. And may they have divine wisdom and direction from you. Lord, we pray for, all, for America, and we pray that we would be uh, burdened about all of these things that are happening, and we would have a revival of America, re praying for our nation, and praying for our marriages, praying for our families, praying for our children, and protection for our children. Lord, we ask that we would become the prayer warriors, and if we have become slothful, if we've become lazy, and we're talking about all of us, that we maybe just get tired and weary and we just skip a day. Don't worry about it. Just go and pick up and start the next day. We, we aren't, um, the Lord is so gracious, but let us pray the word with our spouse's name in it. And may we, if we don't have anything, then go to our website under resources and fasting and praying and print out the personalized scriptures that will give you an abundance of scriptures to start praying uh, exactly for your spouse's heart and their blindness and all. Lord, help us to be faithful in praying for our loved ones and not be discouraged, not be defeated, and do not allow doubt and fear. May we walk on the right road and not get on a detour road. And if we are, Lord, bring all of the people that are on a road that is headed to nowhere, to nowhere, but the wrong wrong company, the wrong type of people. May we get off of that road and get back on the road of holiness, the righteousness way. And Lord, how appropriate that Judy would put on the different robes of righteousness of, for her husband. Lord, we want to put the robe of righteousness. When people look at us, they see Jesus and that they don't see all the other things. All of our sins are covered by the robe of righteousness. Lord, we ask you to forgive us of our weaknesses and our failures and our doubt and our unbelief and remove that all tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org 
and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.